This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. Again, it's Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 40. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothras and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city some days, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who had heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Titeria, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was being said by Paul. And after she was baptized, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed to us. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had the spirit of divination and brought her owners, much gained by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them to the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking the men, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had afflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into the prison, ordering a jailer to keep them, keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house, and set food before them, 
And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrate sent the police saying, let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us publicly, uncondemned men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? Nah. Let them come themselves and talk to talk us and take us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison and visited Lydia. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. Now, there's a lot inside that text. There's a lot. Like, we've been looking over this thing all week long, and there is so much inside that text. And I just, like, even as we, as we go through Acts, and they, they mention things like Philippi and all these different, like, this book gives context to all the other epistles that you see inside it, like, you know, along the way, and, like Colossians, all these different things, because along the way, they're visiting all these places. So this just gives so much, so much yeah. context, and there's so much good stuff inside it. So we're going to just dive in, just have a conversation on with each other, with you, about what we're, we're seeing that really stands out to us inside this text. Yeah, there's a lot. So we probably won't end at 1230. I might go into about three today, guys. Yeah, yeah. don't worry so about you know. it. No, it's all yeah. good. So good. We'll be cool. We'll be right. <laughs> I just want to jump in and talk about, like, just remembering that the book of Acts is Acts of the Apostles, right? Yeah. So we're looking at different Acts from the Apostles as reminders, as examples. And we want to know, like, oh, man, why did they do this? You know, why did they stop? Why did the Holy Spirit stop them? Why did they move? Um, and, like, in verse... Um, 10, where he says, God has called us to preach the gospel to them. Mm. You know, like, let's look closer at that. Um, I see, first of all, the first thing that pops out, right, is Paul going and talking to a bunch of women. Yeah. Instead of being like, he's not going to let sex be a, a barrier, right? right? Gender. He's not going to sit here and be like, well, that's all sisters and there's no husbands with them. So, you know, let me go call the homegirl Melissa so she can share the gospel with them. Like, they, they didn't let that be a barrier to them. Right. They went anyways because the Holy Spirit told them to go. And then on top of that, I just see the Christ-like attitude, right? In John 8, 9, Christ talks about, um, I mean, John 8, 9 says, But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Mm. It's like even Jesus was like that. So you see Paul and the apostles just imitating what they had already seen. Man, that's awesome. I mean, when you went, like, you think about stuff like that, like, that's beautiful to see how, like, the gospel will, 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 will tear down these barriers that a lot of times yeah. are, are in the way. And, 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 like, it's not that sometimes you have to have caution in how you do things, but all yeah. of that is like a side effect of the fall. And you see yeah. these people that's like, all right, I see these group of women, they're, they're, they're praying, mm -hmm. and, and it's easy for me to just go and carry the gospel to them and, and without having to think about protocols and what's mm. safe and all these type of things. And, and like that just makes me think more so about yeah. like how the genuine spirit of the gospel will connect those dots, will cause us to like the cross, like, 
barriers yeah. and walls that like that oftentimes can be hindrances mm -hmm. to how um, living on mission and, and walking out the gospel is. We all like, should I do it like this? Should I do it like that? Uh, can I just share the gospel? Right, right? exactly. Right, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's huge. That's, that's super huge. Yeah, and then another thing I was uh, just looking at here was the immediate transformation that happens. The immediate right, transformation right. that takes place inside of Lydia. Like we say, we, we read that she heard, right? There's other women there, they're all praying, but she heard and then immediately she becomes hospitable. Immediately come into my home. You know, what was closed, what was hidden is now open and now she's hungry. And now there's an immediate transformation. So your faith will become action, right? Right away, it's not, she's not gonna just st sit there and keep praying, not that that's bad, but it's like, use me, let me be your feet, let's do this. Come in, I want community, I want brotherhood, I want fellowship. I mean, there's something to, there's something about like when you become a believer, like what that actually means, right? Yeah, There's something, exactly. there's something about it that you see this, this, this transformative nature inside the heart of the person when they when they become a believer, you see you're mm -hmm. seeing that inside this text, like mm -hmm. it stands out with, with looking at Lydia's reaction. Like there's yeah. not this like this type of fear where it's like okay I'm a lady and stuff, but it's like even though I'm a lady, I I want to respond with the spirit of hospitality. Yeah, right. you know to these brothers that came here and, and, and broke down the gospel to us. Yeah, which like kills your selfishness right away. Yep. You know she yep. could have been like. This is what I earned. This is what I need me and my family this week. I didn't put it in the budget. You know, all this other stuff. You know, come back in two weeks, and then we'll schedule a time for that. It's like they were there now, and they needed a place, and they needed food. And she was able to be like, we'll figure it out. Just come over. You know, right. it's all yours. Man, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's super ridiculous. You know, um, another thing that really stands out to me, right, As you look at this text and you look at like the grand scheme of everything that's happening inside of this text and it becomes really, really hard to, to, to miss mm -hmm. the sovereignty of God in the midst of everything that's going on here, right? Yeah. It becomes really, really hard to miss that because you, there's, a, there's a ton of things here that externally can feel like confusion, mm -hmm. setbacks, um, opposition. There's a, there's a ton of things here that can, can, can be communicated as that, that like you, the apostles are being told they, they can't go to places that they prayed about should they go to. And they, they're walking out their mission. And now God is like, don't go here and don't go there and stuff. And sometimes when God closes doors for us and tells us, don't go here, don't go here, we communicate that as setbacks, right? Mm -hmm. And stuff. But, but then you also see, like, not only was they, like, told you can't go here or mm -hmm. told don't go there, they're also, like, then when they go where God sends them to go, they get attacked by an angry mob and their clothes ripped off of them in public. Then they get tossed inside of jail. And then while they're in jail, there's an earthquake, right? And like a lot of us would have been like, oh, all right, those are all the confirmations that we're not doing the things that God has for us to do, yeah. right? You know, but you look at it, you look at these things externally, but when you look at the big picture of everything, Internally, what we see is the sovereign hand of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and when I say the sovereign hand of God, like, like, like our ways are not God's ways, and we don't think the way that God is thinking. And you look at this text in, in, in hindsight of everything, right? Now, now them, they're walking through it at that moment. They have no idea what's going on. Yeah. 
we get the, 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 the benefit of looking at it in hindsight. Like We get the benefit of being able to, 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 to know and understand that here's what's on God's heart. There's this wealthy woman named Lydia. She's been praying with a group of women. Here's what's on God's heart. There's this, this jailer that I want, I want to do something with him inside of his, his, his life. Here's what's in, in, in God's heart. There's this, this young slave girl who's poor that's being manipulated by her owners, right? Yeah. And you, you see these things that are on the heart of, of, of God. And what you see God doing is, is using these things that seem like setback, that seem like mm-hmm. opposition, that seem like doors being closed, but God is using those things to, challenge, to, to channel Paul and Silas to where he wants them to go. Yeah. Right? He's allowing these things to happen along these way. These things that, like, man, you know, they can, they can seem like, 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 like setbacks, seem like discouraging, but at the same time, though, God is sovereignly in control. All these yeah. little things that seem like issues or, or tools in God's sovereign hand to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Yeah. That's what you see here and stuff, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's beautiful. You know, like, you walk away knowing that mm-hmm. it's not about Paul and Silas. Right. Right? It's not about Paul and Silas. It's about God. It's about his mission, his plan, what he's doing, where he's sending them at. And, and even his sending and how it looks like. Sometimes his sending isn't always, I heard a voice inside of his air. Sometimes his sending is you can't go here yeah. and it forces you to go there. Yeah. Right? And sometimes that's how God is, is working. And then you turn and you see these people that, that go out. They walk out the mission of God. And that mission of God impacts on a, a spiritual level and also a natural level. And the reason why I say natural level is that there's no mention or whatsoever of whether or not the, the slave girl even gets saved, yeah. right? And stuff. But, but she does get, get yeah. delivered and stuff. And it's, it's something about trusting in God's sovereignty, even when things feel like setbacks. Even, Even when things aren't comfortable. Yeah, when also, comfortable, right? It's like, right? oh, right. God shut that door because it's really hard. Or, no, you're going to get thrown in prison. You're going to get yeah. beat. Yeah. You're going to get publicly tried and humiliated. Man, That's not a setback. It's part of my plan. Right, right. Yeah. right. And, you, and yeah. you look at it too, like, the thing that even that hits the hardest is like they're listening plus they're asking. So like they're right. they're they're yeah. they're not just you know just sitting there. They're listening and asking. And I think the whole theme that would reign through like all of these verses that we went through is that it's all about God and His mission. Like it's all right, about right, it, all right. about Him and yeah. the beauty that He even allows us to play in His story. Like we actually get to play a role in there. And it's mm-hmm. like you know there's this there's this this love for us. And even throughout the whole theme, like you can see that God is saying that, that I'm moving this to move this because I love that person. I'm moving this to move this Crazy. because that person needs you. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Like, he's still changing hearts through it all. And so, you know, the thing also that I, that I just dig is, like, you see Lydia. So Lydia is, you know, at this time, I mean, she had two different homes. Like, this, I mean, she's a wealthy, well-driven uh, woman who mm-hmm. also, um, she's, in the, she's in the fashion industry. So, you know, she's, she's definitely... Uh, she, you know, for, for what most people would say, she's doing really well and she's really successful. Mm-hmm. And so um, even in that self-righteousness that she, it shows a little bit of pride in there, she's still being changed and used and the Lord's breaking yeah. her heart in it. And then you see yeah. the slave girl who's been abused. She's been, um, she's been, she's been used. I mean, I, I can only imagine, you know, if, let's say she did get saved, what the, what the um, effects of what happened to her would look like later on in her life. Right. But the Lord mm-hmm. still loves her and, and is working in her. And then the jailer, which if you look back in the day of this time with the Romans, that, that um, these soldiers, usually when you were a jailer, that meant that you had probably been a highly decorated soldier that spent a lot of time in the front line. So, so the, the working as a jailer was more 
of like the end of retirement. Like you, you've, you've done all of it. You're going to, you sit there and you protect and, and do that now. But me being a soldier and struggling with PTSD, I can only imagine how angry and upset that this man probably was. So you see the Lord even changing an angry man. And, hmm. and through it, I mean, it's just, it's God, it, it's just God working. And, and, and Paul and Silas are trusting in God. They're trusting in his yeah. sovereignty and they know he's good. And they know it's all about his mission. The Lord's going to do it no matter what, right. but, he, but, but, but knowing that the Lord chose to use them mm-hmm. is crazy. And, you know, um, if you see right here, like the way that they just moved and responded, it says, and Paul had seen the vision immediately they sought out. So they, they, they just went. And sometimes I feel like we, we don't think that we can make that, that, that first step, but, right, right. but you know, I mean, well, even get to a second step, but until you make the first one, you make the second one, the Lord moves and you see him like, okay. it's not like, it's not, it's not like, you know, they had planes back in the day. So he's not, I mean, you know, he's, he probably had this all mapped out. I'm going to go here. We're going to go there. We're going to go there, there. Yeah. But then the Lord's like, nah, and he's like, you're going to go over here. You're going to go here. And then through it, you know, it says, Proverbs 16, 9 says that the heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm-hmm. So the right, Lord's right. like, you know, he's, he's doing this, and, and they're not just sitting there. They're like, you know what, no, we're going to do this. Oh, no, Lord, you're taking me here. No, 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 Okay, now I see it. Now I see that, you know, the slave girl was, was saved because of that. And, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's crazy. But this is something that really hit me. And I think um, we could even hit, get, go on this a little bit more, but it says that, it says that the slave girl was, like, annoying him. So, like, for days, she's, like, following him around, and she's, like, you know, she's probably, she's bugging him. Mm-hmm. He's getting annoyed, but he's so caught up in his mind that he's so focused on, on, on God's mission, which is good. There's good in that, but he's so focused on it that he forgets that there, that there's somebody, like, right there that needs him right there in front right. of him. So yeah. he frees her and, and, and from the Spirit, and so it's almost like, man, like, it's the same thing that the Lord does in our hearts. Whenever he nags you with that sin, like, it's that annoying nagging that's going on in your heart. And it's almost like the Lord uses that to make you respond to something. Yeah. And so, you know, it could either be in your personal life or even, you know, just, the, just the, if you see the systemic issue in, in our culture already, you know, with racism, sexism, and, you know, the Lord will put it, like you had said earlier, like maybe that social media feed that keeps coming up that's really mm-hmm. nagging at you to actually respond right. to something. Yeah. I mean, God will work just like that, right? Yeah. Like, you look at this thing, and like, because I would read this text, and for me, it always bothered me. I'm like... She got saved or she got freed because Paul was annoyed. It yeah, always yeah. bothered me. Like, you know, yeah. and but then you look at it and you realize, like, how many of us are just like that? We are so focused on the mm-hmm. things that, that that we're trying to do. We're so we're on our way to our jobs. We're on our way to 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 to, to, to succeed here. We're on our way to do this. And we're so focused and we're so mm-hmm. focused. And, and what God needs to do to get your attention is allow that thing to annoy the living daylights out of you. Yeah. For you to stop and think like probably God is trying to get my attention here. Yeah. Right? And stuff. And, and and even in that, even in the annoying part of it, it's like God is even sovereign in using mm-hmm. you getting annoyed yeah. to deliver and free somebody else. Like yeah. that's not even out of out of reach for him. Like, he'll, he'll use your calamities, he'll use the issues that you go through, and he'll use you getting annoyed so that this girl will get delivered and stuff. And sometimes we'll miss, like, God is completely in control and uses every last aspect of life to his own glory yeah. and stuff. I mean, I think about this, and I, and I, and I read this, mm-hmm. and I think about, like, even when you look at, like, what's going on here, and you mm-hmm. think about, like, things we see in society and culture, like you were just saying a few mm-hmm. minutes ago, like sometimes it gotta be that. Sometimes you won't stop and pray mm. be, and, and, until you get so annoyed, even with yeah. the own sin in your own heart and your own life. Well, until right? it affects you too, because we're right. selfish people. So it's mm. like, oh, until this yeah. thing is gonna personally affect me, now I'm, now I gotta deal with it. Right, right. You know? 
And it's when it starts to affect you, when it starts to personally hit you, it's getting in your way. You're stumbling over it. I can't turn on my social media without it blowing up my my social media. I can't look past this thing. And and, and that's even the same way when you think about about when when, when I think about this this lady here and and how God will even reach out to us to to, to deal with things that's even like, like... Issues of like injustice, right? right. Mm-hmm. And you will read this text and won't normally think about this as a, a justice deal. But then when mm-hmm. you when you realize that she's a woman, a, a poor person, she's being manipulated. No one is saying nothing about it mm-hmm. because it's normal in society and culture. Mm-hmm. What makes it like a, a social issue that this thing is continuing to happen? And Paul responds out of being annoyed, but really God want God is the, like if she wasn't annoying right. the living daylights out of him, he probably wouldn't have right. res- responded and stuff. Yeah. But it just had me thinking about sometimes like, like I'm reading this, I'm like, man, that yeah, that was that was unjust what was happening to her. But it, it becomes even difficult sometimes to even mention things like justice and social while mm-hmm. you're at the church, right? Yeah. Because then um, automatically when you start mentioning things like that, a lot of times what people heads go to is like politics. Like this is yeah. a pol- political deal or yeah. stuff. Like people have literally taken the, the word justice and made it like a political word more than a gospel word, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you can't say that. But then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, let me, let me just look this up in the Bible. Like the word like justice comes up just in the Old Testament 1,576 times. That's just in the Old Testament. Then in the New Testament, 1,379 times, Hmm. right? And you start to realize that sometimes people take politics Hmm. and they make it an idol Mm -hmm. and they they use it to mask things, right? Mm -hmm. Like you see that happening here, right? Like when, when, when Paul delivers this young lady out of what was going on, her, her, her owners, they don't go to the magistrates and complain, hey, look, he caused me to lose money. They don't even say that. Yeah. Right. They go and they say it's a Roman citizenship issue. They go mm. and they make it a political issue. Yeah. And that's the reality of it. Sometimes people use politics and laws to mask deep-rooted, heart-level issues. Mm-hmm. And then people are so drunk off of politics. The Bible says to be sober-minded. Yeah. That means when, when it's talking about being sober-minded, it's not talking about like getting drunk off of alcohol. It's talking about you could be drunk off of a thought. Yeah. You could be drunk off an idea. Like You could be yeah. drunk off of politics in and of itself, so much so that your decisions are being made from a political point of view, mm-hmm. not a gospel point of view. Mm. Right? Yeah. And, and so right here, they go and they, and, and, and they say, hey, listen, hey, Here's this political thing, Romans, blah, 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 and the people get so riled up, they, they don't even realize and take the time to do any due process. Like, the people that you are, are now attacking, they're also Roman citizens too. Mm-hmm. And they totally miss this because they're so drunk off of, like, he knew the right words to say, yeah. right? The right things to get the support that he needed. To say these trigger words, I'm going to get the support. And then it really masks deep-rooted heart-level issues. And then and they go about it all the way. Like, I can't read this text without seeing, mm-hmm. like, all, in the midst of it, like, underlining it, like, a, a, a justice thing that goes on here, too. Yeah. Like, even when it comes time, like, they go, they get put in jail, they get, yeah. they get beat with... So their clothes come off of them, and then mm-hmm. when they, the people come and they say, hey, listen, like at the end, when they go to the jailer's house, they're mm-hmm. like, all right, just go ahead and leave, right? 
And, and mm-hmm. I would read that text, like, Paul says no. And yeah. I used to read that text, and I'm like, Dad, how arrogant are you? Just go ahead and leave. Right, They're letting right, you yeah. out. But Paul is like, well, no. And the reason why he's saying no is because if he leaves out secretly, then they don't get confronted on the fact that his rights was trampled over. Yeah. As a Roman citizen, right? And, and, and it's like, that's when they brought up the reality that, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. My rights got trampled over. And that's when they got scared. Like, he even dropped the fact the, he uses the fact that he was a Roman citizen. That's, that's a privilege deal right there. Like, yeah. being a Roman citizen got you into, like, doors and stuff and got you not having this happen and, and that happen and stuff. So it's hard for me to, to see these things and not see, like, God speaking into those things, like, the voice of even standing up for something right. that's just unjust and, and, and not right. Yeah. You know? And right. it's like the Romans may have gotten you into, being Roman may have gotten you into all these doors and right. like high places yeah. and a place yeah. of privilege, but for God, he's like not a respecter of persons anyway. So no matter what, Paul was already important to him and his right. life was already right. valuable. Right. The that's slave right. girl yeah. was important to God. Right. Right. You know, it didn't matter what politics were involved or what other things you want to call it. It was personal to the slave girl. Yes. You know, she got free. There was demons. She had men over her. You need to make me this money. She was freed from the Lord. That's very personal. Man. You know, so it's always affecting somebody else. Well, you know, and even like it, with the with the trusting of God, I mean, like he he knows that in order to go against the grain of society and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. he's got to view it through the lens of the gospel. So, so you know, because you know, it says in there that they're like all like behind the scenes, like no, just go ahead and go. But he's like, no, no, no. But you guys just beat me in public and all that, and you right, want me to be right. quiet. And so often we see that even now in society, like with a lot of stuff. You know, I mean, if it wasn't for a lot of the the videos and stuff that we see now, a lot of that stuff would go like under the radar all the time. So he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I'm gonna trust in God. I'm also going to fight for for what's right, yeah. and I'm going to view it in light of the gospel rather right. than a power pull back and forth kind of struggle. Mm-hmm. And so you see, That's like, good. but even in this, like, I mean, uh, Paul is so saturated with understanding that. So even when the earthquake mm-hmm. hits, you know, he's like, he's like, in the in the doors open. He's like, I'm already freed anyway, so it doesn't matter if those doors open because I'm so satisfied in Christ already that I was free even when you had me locked up because, you know, exactly. it says back then the way that those uh, cells were set up, that the inner prison, was so there would be two cells up here. They put Paul and them down here, and all the sewage runs into these areas. So they're sitting sewage, they're locked up, and their bodies being manipulated in different ways that they're locked up. And they're still singing. They're like, I don't even care. I mean, it says right here, Phil, yeah. uh, Philippians 1.21, for me to live in Christ is it for me to for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. So he understands that. I mean, it does not matter if you lock me up. I mean, he doesn't even even whenever the whenever the doors open, he's like, no, no, he's like, he's like, I'm free, but but also, you know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sit here and view that I'm still on this mission, and this jailer, this guy now needs me to be there for him and to help him and to love him. And that's just what it looks like when you're so full and everything in, in life is, um, is, is fully uh, affected by your affections for Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. all you do is live life out like that. You're like a cup that's over full and you just keep pouring and pouring no matter what's thrown against you. Yeah. And so, you know, and, you know, and, and, and the thing that I, that I really, really, really dig about it, too, is that, um, is that in it, you know, he, even when the earthquake hits, he, he could have just, you know, he could have been like, he maybe could have even got scared, but he's like, no, no, no. He's like, this earthquake is, is still in, in God's sovereignty and control. I'm still trusting him, and I'm still going to just continue living life like right. that. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, when I, when I think about that, most people I know, even myself, like, once the earthquake hit, the shackles came off, I would have been out. Yeah. I would have been gone. I mean, I, I would have but gone. then he lingers and he stays, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right? You understand? But thinking in my, like, Inside of his heart, inside of his mind, like he knows and he's lingering and he's staying. Like 
instead of even thinking about his own safety, mm-hmm. he's thinking about this jailer right here. Right, yeah. and so if you can see the Lord even moving on his heart, like I don't know, if they even thought about leaving the Lord. Were like, nah, just stay. But whatever it is, in the midst of that, they're trusting. Like, like you said already, just a few minutes ago, it's like these chains falling off isn't what made me free. Right. I was yeah. free already. Yeah. Right. So I could rest in the re- in that reality, rest in that, and still linger without worrying about the people coming back and shackling me again. Right. But to care about. About him, about the jail. Well, it's right? crazy too because there's like two different responses that you see. You see the response of the jailer who has no hope and is all fear, right? And that's just bondage, right? right. Even though they're literally bound, they're in bondage, mm. but they're free. Right. And it's like that's where their hope is. So when they go through suffering and endure all kinds of trials, they have hope. They have a real tangible hope that's good enough for so, them and sustains them. But then the jailer does not have that hope, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, okay, it's over. I'm about to take my own life because I have nothing to live for. Everything that I was living for, you know, maybe his reputation as a Roman guard, yeah, his patriotic decorated, Indian, yeah, exactly, yeah, like his everything, all that is is gone, and that will betray you, right? And that will just the fear of like, because in Acts 12 it talks about. Um, the soldiers being decapitated right, when right. Peter and them are released. And so now I'm sure that's like in his head, like, oh man, they're gonna like kill me anyways. But now it's like, first he's so afraid and hopeless that he's willing to take his life. Then now he gets saved and he repents and he believes and he gets baptized, right? But now he turns around to Paul and them and he's like, I want to help you escape and I want to bring you to my house. It's like, you were just so afraid that they escaped, you're willing to kill yourself, but now the Lord, just just hit you up so hard, just punched Man. his heart, right? You're <laughs> just like immediate transformation. Let's go and come to my house. Man. That's how unafraid I am now. Or like his his fear is rightly placed in the yeah, Lord and not of man and, and anymore. It's, and it's crazy, like, and that's what the Lord does. Like, like you see him, they get saved. Okay, mm-hmm. so they get saved and then and then boom, like right away they hit the ground running. They're like community now is involved. Yeah. Like now it's community. Yeah. I gotta live this life out. I gotta live this with other people. It's almost like yeah. What, like the way I view it, and this is probably way off. Like, and I don't think I think that they didn't leave probably because they were being so bad. And like I said, his calf muscle was hanging out; like he couldn't get away <laughs> if he wanted to. But, but you know, you think about it; like they get they get hit. It's almost like they were they were a part of like like they were at a really good sermon. And afterwards, they're like, you know, we just want to keep this going. Let's go home and eat now. Come over, let's barbecue. And just like yeah. you said, it wasn't like they were like, oh, we'll wait for later. Like let me let me get my house together. It's like no, no, no. Come over. Whatever's mine is yours. Let's yeah. live this out together. And so you see, like mm-hmm. community being being uh, brought together, and I mean, it even says that the jailer brought him over and like cleaned their wounds from him, and, and you know, whenever the, whenever the, whenever the uh, people came knocking, he's probably like, yeah, they're right here chilling, you guys want some food too? Like, they, I mean, they were just living it out completely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, I look at this, and, I, and I'm like, man, like, they're in the jail, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and this is what you gotta think about, this is what you gotta think about, because they're in the jail, while they're in the jail, while they're shackled up, while they're, they're, they're chained up, they're singing, right? Mm-hmm. And it says inside the text that the other prisoners was, was listening to them and seeing all this going down, right? Yeah. It doesn't say they was inside the jail preaching. It doesn't say that, 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 that Paul was preaching a gospel sermon inside the jail, right? Yeah. But they're, they're worshiping God in the midst of it. And imagine the jailer looking at them worshiping mm-hmm. their God. Like, imagine what's going on inside their mind. If their God is so big, why are you guys locked up over here? Mm. But at the same time, well, why does it look like you guys are tripping? Yeah. 
you guys are just worshiping God. Imagine what's probably mm-hmm. going through his mind and stuff. And then as that's going through his mind, they're worshiping God, and then an earthquake happens. And then imagine in the jailer thinking about this, looking at the earthquake. Everything is all said and done. Then he looks around. They're gone. And he's like, oh. right? But then not only that, though, they're not really gone. They're waiting for you, and they're stopping you from What I'm saying is that... Even though they weren't preaching a sermon, how they was living and how they were responding was preaching a sermon. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And we got to think about it. Like, you don't know the people that are looking at you. Exactly. You don't know the people that are thinking about you and looking at how you're responding when you're going through the trials and tribulations yeah. of life. Right? Yeah. And in that response to that trials and tribulation, they're thinking about how is your God big now, yeah. right? And stuff. And sometimes in the midst of that, like that's what like, all right, they see that you respond the same way I respond. Mm-hmm. So why does your God make that much of a difference? Like imagine cause when the jailer goes to him, like what must I be to be saved? It wasn't because he heard a sermon. Yeah. Because he's seen him worshiping. He's seen an earthquake happen. And he seems they waited for him. And like yeah. whatever's going on here, that God is real. Right, and sometimes we got to keep this in mind when people are looking at us and how we mm-hmm. respond and how we live. That's what's communicating to them how real this God that we bump our guns exactly. about is. Like, all right, yeah. you can talk about him all day. Yeah. Let me see how you respond when trials and trips hit. Yeah. Right, and so I can just imagine the jailer just, just like, forget it. It's done. I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, and he goes to them and, and he just transitions. And I could just imagine, like, he's already having hopelessness that he wants to take his life, but then he sees real hope, and he sees it, like, in Christ. Oh, their hope isn't in themselves. Their hope is tangible and in Christ. Like, that's the gospel. The gospel is that they didn't need to stay there. They could have left, but they didn't. Just like Jesus. He stays, and he's with you in the suffering, and that's why your hope is real. That's the gospel. Yeah. And then that's when you see him get something he doesn't deserve. Wow. Right? You see grace shed over him. Hey, I'm going to call you anyways. That's so good. That's big. Like you said, he gets something he doesn't deserve. Yeah. He wasn't, it doesn't say he was asking for it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say that he was waiting for it and stuff. Yeah. He gets something like, like God had him on mind when he didn't have God on mind. Mm. Right? That mm-hmm. God was like, I'm going to set this whole thing up. Right? Yeah. And you're, it's like Paul and them are getting beat for the yeah. sake of this jailer. And stuff. Paul and them are getting thrown in jail for the sake of it's not even about yeah. Paul and them. Like they're about to go through hell and high water for the sake of him. Mm-hmm. God is gonna use all this stuff to set it up mm-hmm. that 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 he would hear the gospel by how they respond to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and then you and then you just see the pursuing love of, of God too. Like, I mean, he's just pursuing, 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 mm-hmm. and he's using all those things. And I'm just like, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man. You know, it, it, I think you had said it earlier that it doesn't matter, like, what you've done. Like, Jesus' love and pursuit can change anything in an instance. And so that's what he does. Like, he changes them right away. And it's just, I mean, I'm just, I mean, all these things to happen, it goes to show, like, wrapping it up back up to the beginning is that it's all about God's mission. He's right, going to do right. everything to make sure it happens. And, it, right. and, and, and if all those things have to go through it, that's what it does, just so that people could, so that God could display his love in every area like that. And he must have been, like, really a good tyrant, right? Like, his anger. Yeah. He must have been known for that to be entrusted with, like, oh, hey, you take them to the inner prison, and exactly. we're leaving you in charge. Like, that's how much stuff this dude has done, and still, God is no respecter of persons. He's no. going to rescue you and save you anyways, yeah. despite that. Another thing that, that, that 
that really makes me think about like the sovereignty of God, how God is in control of even all the little things that's happening. Like, like we talked about earlier with the women and they was together mm-hmm. and they was praying, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and like little do they know while they're praying together, while they're mm-hmm. gathering together and praying that God already has the answer to their prayers happening down here mm-hmm. as he's redirecting this person and to go here and don't go there. And it's like mm-hmm. while we're praying, we got to know that God is like, God is already yeah already working and moving in accordance with his will mm-hmm. in regards to your prayers and stuff. He's already turning this direction and turning that, that direction mm-hmm. while you're seeking him in prayer and trusting, trusting him. And that becomes a really big deal here is what it looks like to, to pray knowing that God is hearing you and trusting God in the midst of it, knowing that he's sovereign. Like he is the one that's turning all these 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 things like their prayer is ongoing in vain, and and it's like and they haven't even gotten saved yet, but they're just seeking God and they're trying to find out who God is, and, and God is like, well, I got something coming your direction right now and stuff, yeah. and you don't even realize that. Yeah. yeah, I mean those those are big deals, and that's to me it's insane. Yeah, it's super insane. Sovereignty is just so big and covers everything, you know, right. and it doesn't depend on us, is what I see, you know. Right, right. It's like they do listen and obey, and there's a response there, but the Holy Spirit is the behind the scenes working everything, moving, you know, moving in the girl to annoy him and follow him for days, right. moving in Lydia, Lydia so that she could hear, you know, moving in the jailer so he doesn't take his life right, right. at that moment, right at right. that time. Like, you just see the Holy Spirit. Those are things that you just, you can't get away from inside this text. Mm-hmm. Thinking about how the Spirit is operating and working, and I think a lot of times we put, we try to put the spirit in a box and how he operates and works mm-hmm. and forget that God is sovereignly yeah. in control of every single aspect and every single thing. The good, the bad, and, and the ugly are on the table for him to use for his glory in, in, in accomplishing his goals, accomplishing his mission. And I think that, mm-hmm. like we said a couple times here, the biggest thing is that it's his mission, That's yeah. right? Right? It's, it's not our mission. It's his mission. They're invited with God on his mission. And you, what you see here that's really, really big is like, like I said earlier, when they're planning out what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And in the planning out, like, like they prayed on it. I really feel God is leading us to go to this place, this place, and this place. But in the midst of all of that, but I'm open to hearing God say, don't go there. And don't do that. And sometimes we not we're sold on like we gotta figure it out. We know what's about to happen. We gotta figure out how we're about to do it. And really God is like, no, 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 continue to trust on me. I'm the one that got it figured out. I'm the one that's going to, to lead this the way that it, it should go. I'm the one that's going to turn you to the left and, and turn you right. And, and the thing is that at the end of the day, that God is just completely, completely in control of, of the good, mm. the bad, the ugly, all of those tools inside of his hands. And it's so encouraging because it just tells us who's reading this text and us who are sitting here this morning that you could be at the lowest place, you know, and you can be going through immense amount of suffering. Maybe it's not physical, you know, maybe you're not in prison and getting beat, but maybe it feels like that. Right, right. But it's like God is so powerful. He'll meet you where you're at. Like, right. pray, seek him, like, come to his throne. Like, he wants that. He's there with you, and it's so sweet, sweeter than anything else you can have. And then he'll establish your plans. You know, he's there with you always. Man. So good. And that's the gospel. That's so good. That's, that's, 
like even when you think about the, when, the, when the tough things happen, yeah. when the hard things happen, knowing that like the reason why God allowed these hard, like God is like, isn't like, you know, he, he allowing these things, like he allowed them to get beat. Yeah. He allowed them, you know, for specific purposes and reasons and stuff as, as, as they go through those things. And, and thinking about that, knowing that God is in control of every single thing. And as he allows the, the good and the bad the, and the ugly to happen, he's allowing it for something that's going to really glorify him yeah. and exalt him. And it really just takes us out the way. Yeah. Right, it really just like you may have lost that job because God wants you to end up at this job right here, and it has nothing to do with you, it has to do with this person that you're gonna meet at this job that God wants to hear the gospel, yeah. right? And stuff you may have had this roadblock happen over here, or that thing that happened over there that had nothing to do with you, it had everything to do with God, yeah. But in the midst of it, you can worship God, you can exalt God because you know that God is in complete control. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things that, as we close out, that we want to we wanna encourage. Like, we see a few things here that stands out inside this text, right? Mm-hmm. One thing, like we, we said over and over again, could we intentionally, because we want you to get it. God is the one that's on mission, and we are invited on his mission, right? It's about him, not about us, not about our plans, but it's about God. And then we think about that mission, we see that it is deeply diverse in nature, like, God is reaching out to different kinds of people. Like, you look at this, you see three different class levels of people. And God, like, Luke felt it was important to highlight that. You know what I'm saying? When you think about a, the business owner, you think about the, the guy that works at the jail, and then you think about the poor girl and stuff that ain't making no money because the, guy, uh, the people are, are using her. But that's important to think about how diverse this mission field is and stuff. But then at the same time, the diversity in how the mission is walked out, it looks different in different times and in different ways and stuff. And we can't turn around and say it has to look like this and it has to look like that because God is the one that's in control. And then another thing that really stands out is the deep need to be listening, trusting, and following the spirit of God. Listening, trusting, and following the spirit of God. Sometimes we're so caught up and think that we got it together. We're not taking that time to listen. What I want to do as we close out right here, right? This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.